What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined with Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. I don't know why Clint felt the need to put his face in the microphone and say, I like pizza. (laughs) Are you hungry? I just like pizza. So I had to like delete everything and we had to turn over. (laughs) This is the, let's see, one, two, three, four. This is the fourth episode that we've recorded this morning. These are pre-recorded. And this is the only one that we've had to start over with. So thank you so much for that. I'm just keeping you on your toes, you know? I guess so. So the other day I had posted something in our Police, Fire, Military, and Families Facebook group. And it was one of those posts that's talking about death, which, you know, sounds sad. But it's always thought-provoking. Anything that, any of the content that I put in our group is something with the intention of being thought-provoking. And in that post, it talks about how if you die tonight, then your employer would advertise your job by the end of the month. If you die tonight, your employer would advertise your job by the end of the month. That might sound gut-wrenching to some people, and that might sound shocking to some people. And some people might think, no, that's not true. That's not true because my employer loves me. I'm so different Right. Mm -hmm. I think that we've all been there before. I know that I have. We are family. Right. Mm -hmm. The truth is that your employer, the business level I'm talking about, doesn't give two shits about you. They give two shits about the operations of the business and more, more importantly, the bottom line. And as it pertains to law enforcement, I can't tell you how many times I have had people come to me and whether they've been involved in you know, on duty injuries, or they have retired or retired early or were medically retired, whatever the case was, they are shocked at the lack of brotherhood and how much they feel like they no longer are a part of that thin blue line. I, you know, I had this realization years back now and, and, you know, especially with the help of Ashley and, and just, we are all expendable. And, and that's something that I had to come to that realization with is when I was doing one in particular job, I would, you know, everyone's, I don't, I don't know what we would do without you. And all this stuff, like they're saying, you're doing such a good job. And, and the reality is I could be gone tomorrow and people would be sad. They would be upset. And, and I'm not saying that they wouldn't be, but they're going to backfill behind your position. Someone else is going to do it and it's going to get done. It might not be done at the caliber that you had done it, or it could be better. Like it could go either way. And in realizing that, especially for myself, I, I had this kind of that realization, like if I were to stop doing my job today, what would they do? Do you think they're going to stop everything they're doing and say, oh, I can't, <laughs> we cannot do this anymore? Or are they going to say, okay, next one in line, let's go, it's your turn. So let's dissect this a little bit because I, as being somebody who's been in that position before, thinking that very, that very thing, I know that there's actually a formula. There's a way for us to not feel like we're not expendable and for us to also not feel like our job is our entire life. 
because it, it isn't. For, for all of us, our job is mostly for us to be able to bring home income and to be able to go back home and then live our real lives, right? And it's difficult to separate the two of those at times. And I think the reason for that is because we put too much of our investment, our emotional investment into this. Now, most of us will spend more time at work working with each other than we do at home with our own families. So it can be difficult for us to find that separation because of the length of time that is invested within our workplace. But the the simple way to do it is this, and I think that I have this figured out, so pay close attention. When you are employed by somebody else, you are given a a basic outline of your essential job duties. Now, typically, we will find the need to go above and beyond and to shine like a little bright star that's brighter than everybody else that we work with. And that's where the mistake lies, because as soon as you go above and I'm not saying that we can't be nice and, you know, be extra friendly and like all the other things. I'm just talking about the essential job duties when we go above and beyond and we start to invest additional time and resources and effort, especially when we choose to do it on our own time, that's where we make the mistake. Because as soon as you take that bar and you raise it up by one more level, your employer, the people that you work around, all of your superiors, your lieutenants, your sergeant, everybody is going to expect you to do a little bit more. And although you might be down here, and let's say we have a bar at number five, and that's your baseline job analysis, as soon as you show that you're going to do number six and number seven, they're going to expect you to be number eight and number nine and number 10. And then before you know it, you're going to be at level 100. And that's when you're going to start to feel like your work is everything. All of your ideas, all of your thoughts, all of the things that you need to do is going to be so self-consumed with all things work because you're supposed to be down here at five and now maybe it's 10 years down the road and you're up here at level 100 and you shouldn't be there because level 100 would be maybe the owner of the the company, right? Mm -hmm. Or the chief of police, not you. Mm -hmm. No, and and it's very true. And and in in my mindset, there's definitely a balance with it. And you have to look at your own individual reward with it as well is when you're investing yourself so much into something that you're you're never going to see a full return. You're never going to be that chief of police to say because of what you're doing at this moment right now. Like it's not going to happen. How you become the chief of police is by asserting yourself into other activities like school, education and and building your resume to build yourself to that point which if we're here at a number five Mm -hmm. gives us the mental space gives us the tangible time to be able to do those things that are actually important because when we look at the gap between number five and number 100 then a lot of that is the bitch work and that bitch work exists it will always exist but instead of it being distributed amongst everybody or most of the time being held at the responsibility of your superiors you're doing the bitch work instead. Yeah, absolutely. And and you said it perfectly. It gives you the mental capacity to broaden yourself to really reach your end goal instead of reaching the end goal for someone above you. And it might seem impossible if you're in a position to where you have been at that job for the past 10 years and you've already maxed out and you're at level 100 
But what I would encourage you to do is the next time that somebody asks you to do that bitch work, to say no. And you're allowed to say no. And then you're allowed to back it up with the content of, this is what I was hired to do. This isn't a part of my job responsibility. And if you work in a bigger organization, in particular a department, they would have to they would have to make that a universal bitch task that everybody would have to do in order for it to be something that you would have to do. So you might get a little bit of raw emotion from somebody whose feelings might be hurt because you said no to them, but that's their problem. That's on them and that has nothing to do with you. And and there's so many ways to not just go to them and say they ask you to do something and you say no cuz there's there's way better approaches and and it's and it's all in how you handle it it's because i and i've heard that it's like no i'm not doing that. that's not part of my job yeah well it is now and and that's where as ashley's explaining this you you want to be thinking of okay well they ask you to do this I'll do that, but I'm not going to be able to do it anytime soon. I have all X, Y, Z going on. And if you want me to stop what I'm doing to do that, I can do that because that's your order to me. But I have to do this stuff first. Yes. And then when you had that verbal communication, and I would I would add to that, that if you have me do this, then I can't do this. Exactly. Right? You, you can't have both of me because that would require me working overtime or like whatever the additional thing is. So having that conversation is great because when they're candid like that, when somebody even higher comes to you or to your boss and says, why wasn't this done? Well, Sergeant so-and-so told me not to, (laughs) which is the honest truth. And so, you know, trying to not be snarky about it and finding clever ways to articulate the conversation, I think is key. But more importantly, knowing that you have the word no in your back pocket and then understanding what the difference is between a level five and a level 100 and exactly what your job analysis is. And then going even further with that freed up time, what can you do in order to enhance yourself and to make yourself more more salesable in terms of being able to promote or maybe work at a different job completely or whatever the thing is that you want to do personally. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. I hope you don't let anyone dick you around in between a number five and a number 100. If you have gotten value, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.